Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 253rd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by Bit.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, the rat catcher 2 to my Captain Boomerang, the podcast ride or die to myself. <laughs> you can find her on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. Miss Ellie Hart, how the bloody hell are you? I'm doing good on this bloody hot Friday afternoon in the States. It's disgusting. I see you wearing a hoodie, which makes things worse. <laughs> it's it's, it's fantastic weather over here right now. Like we are uh, mid like peak winter here in the um, uh, the Sunshine State. And um, I'll just give you the live weather report. Let me just consult my cellular phone here. Okay. It is a nice 15 degrees at uh, 8.51 in the a.m. right now. It's a rough 85 Fahrenheit. So I think that's like 30 something. Yeah, it's hot. Short version is hot. But no, it's nice. It's it's a bit foggy. It's a bit overcast today. We're going to get a bit more rain. So uh, it's going to be nice, comfy hoodie weather all day, which I'm loving. Sounds nice. Jealous. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you because I don't like the heat. Do not like it one bit, so I feel you. Yeah, I like actually really like summer. I like the heat. I like uh, you know going out in the sun and having drinks, and I really enjoy that vibe. But I guess kind of when you're in home, recording a podcast with all the windows closed, <laughs> my yeah, not tomb ideal. Of darkness, not not necessarily a great temperature. No, we need to get like um like the inverse of those little hand warmers and stuff like that. Get you like some like ice gloves or those little ice packets. <laughs> throw some esky ice packs on me that's it just put your feet in an open esky and away you go but uh we're here we're back episode 253 of thg we've got a a nice assortment of uh gaming and uh, geek culture related news and opinions and rumors to to throw at you today but maybe we could start off instead of we'll jump into what we've been playing in a sec but maybe we could start off with sort of what i alluded to in that uh in that opener and uh yourself and myself have both been fortunate enough to go watch suicide squad or to watch Ooh. suicide squad you were fortunate to watch it at home in the comfort yeah. of your of your lounge room i went to the cinemas the lockdown lifted last sunday at 4 p.m in queensland and i was at the cinemas at 4 30 with my popcorn <laughs> in hand watching suicide squad so i was a very happy boy Oh, good. I was actually genuinely surprised when you sent me a message like that you enjoyed it. And I'm like, oh, shit, he he finally he actually got to see it because I know you were kind of like, "Mm, maybe, maybe not. So, um, yeah, loved it. I'm so happy. It was good. (laughs) Yeah, I was I was quite the fan from the opening right through to the end credits and the the stinger at the end it was just a hell of a roller coaster ride like mm. it did not really let up the whole time it had a yeah. pretty frenetic pace and uh you know a lot of things were happening a lot of people were dying uh, you know there's a lot of violence like it was 
it's it's funny because some of the characters obviously return from the first iteration of Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they come back and and assume the the roles that they played in in the first attempt at this movie, but it is night and day. It is night and day as far yeah. as the tone, the themes, the violence, the swearing, the gore, <laughs> and then just the general mood of the movie. Like it's yeah. it's a lot more lighthearted compared to. Like they, they tried to make the first one a lot more dramatic. I felt like a lot more dreary and, and sort of straight yeah. shooting. Yeah, yeah, I could see. Well, the problem with the first one was that there was a tone, an overall tone that was set initially, but then um, Air, Dave Air, is that his name, the director? David Ayer. Air. Um, he obviously the studio got involved and then they changed everything up for him. So I think it was actually going to be just straight out, like, like dark action kind of, you know, movie. But then they added all the weird, funny slapstick kind of moments. And then the tone was just all over the place. And yeah, you know, everyone really didn't like the first movie. I'm okay with it. You know, not a masterpiece, but it's fine watching for an action Mm. film. Um, but this one, oh my gosh, beats it in spades. And I, how Gunn does it? How is he able to just take something and just absolutely nail it? Um, James it's Gunn, incredible. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is a very talented person in the film industry. Like he, he wrote and directed this, and you can see his DNA all through this. Uh, obviously. The, the closest comparison, especially if we look on the other side of the comic fence, is it takes some of, I guess, its comedic licks from the, the writing styles of like Guardians and stuff like mm. that. But obviously, instead of an M rating, we get an R rating or an MA rating. I yes. think, it, I can't remember if it's MA over here in Australia, but obviously that falls into the R bucket in yeah. the US. But uh, they, they certainly push the, push the boundaries as far as comic book related hyper violence and gore like this is some stuff you don't really see in these worlds and it felt right at home though as far as the the tone and who the suicide squad are and what they stand for and and just how it's written in the comics yeah it's it looks like a lot of this stuff is just ripped directly from the pages as far as the interactions and some of the kill scenes and whatnot. It, it was awesome to see. And um, yeah, I loved this movie from start to the finish. And I'm hoping we get more. Uh, obviously, we've mm. got the Peacemaker HBO Max TV series coming out. So John mm-hmm. Cena is going to be uh, putting on his uh, toilet seat of justice one more time <laughs> and uh, going to the small oh screen. Oh, my gosh. Like... I have to give it to John Cena. Like, I never really cared for him as a person um, or a wrestler. Um, I didn't like him as a wrestler. He was just, he was, to me, he was like Superman. Like, yeah. you know, couldn't do no wrong, always wins, that kind of thing. Um, but I was just so impressed with him in this movie. He just, he just molded in well to his character and just into like the caliber of acting with everyone surrounding him. And he did an incredible job. Um, I am absolutely actually pretty blown away by him being in this movie. Yeah. Like I, I think you nailed it. Like in the WWE, he was their, their Superman. Like, I think that's perfectly described. And he was, he was sort of pigeonholed into that box and he, he couldn't really get out of that. But now he's, 
in Hollywood and, you know, there's always, oh, he's following in The Rock's footsteps and rah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But the fact that he's taking these varied roles where he can be a little edgy and funny and crass and violent and it just shows that he's got this sort of depth to his acting delivery is is Mm. really good to see. And he was phenomenal as Peacemaker and... His back and forth with old uh, Robert Dubois or Bloodsport or Idris Elba uh, mm-hmm. was really, really great. Like the the casting for every character, big or small, in this movie, I think was like bang Perfect. on the money. Perfectly mm. casted. Yeah, I agree. And I, I got to be honest, I, I completely forgot who voiced King Shark. Yeah, um, Sliced alone, baby. Yes, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, that totally was like his voice, wasn't it?" And um, obviously, um, it 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 was it was right for the character and his um his mental capacity. I guess. Oh my god, I got I got to say, King Shark is just about the MVP of this movie. Like I. Oh. Had- adored him isn't he I, the cutest i loved him i wanted to cuddle him all the time because he was just this misunderstood shark god on earth mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just just trying to live his life and, and be friends and just eat people because that's what sharks do but he was just so great and he's the next great animal character you could say or like non-humanoid character you know like everyone everyone froths about like baby yoda and baby groot and stuff like that i think king shark is up there at the top of the pops with those types of characters and yeah i forgot that sly voiced him as well but he did it perfectly like he was king shark and i loved it and i live for it and i'd watch a show just of king shark on his own just living life and getting into crazy situations, and he's just a beautiful character. I love it. I didn't think that I was going to love a voice um, as much as Ron Funches, who plays King Shark in the Harley Quinn um, animated series, but it works. Like yeah. So now I, there's like two variations that I adore. Yeah, it's so great. It is so great. And I'm happy they settled on the the great white shark sort of um, styling because I know that they were looking to try and do the hammerhead shark design, which which Ooh. they did in like the new Fifty Two assortment of comics and mm. stuff. But um, yeah, I like they went with the great white shark style, and I like that he had a bit of a dad bod too, the old king shark, like he was just did a big you, chunky boy. Did you see he constantly had to pull up his pants? Like yeah. he always had issues with his pants. Yeah, I'm down. like, I, I, I feel you that. there, king shark. I love you. Yeah, that's sweet. But, but it's awesome. Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I think this was her best portrayal as mm. as Harley Quinn so far. I like that um, we got a bit of a different side to her where, you know, like she had some comedic licks and, and you still see some of the whimsicalness of her and the quirkiness, but um, she was also kicking a lot of ass. Kicking she a was. lot of ass. I actually like that it wasn't the Harley Quinn show. Like it yeah. wasn't she wasn't front center main character. Let's follow her around all the damn time. Um so I actually appreciate that like Gunn actually focused on these other characters and like I think everyone got the right amount of time that they they needed. And that's the other thing that I appreciate with especially um comic book movies. It's always been my biggest gripe where um directors don't want to um take uh characters out of reality so much so we never really see um traditional 
like suits or outfits, depending no matter how outlandish the character is, like Polka Dot Man. He is so good. Abner Krill. I, oh my god. Yeah, David um Dusmalchian, I think that's how you pronounce I his think name. So, yeah. He was so great as Polka Dot Man. And the thing that they did that I really appreciate, it was like, hey, what are you about? This is me. Okay, fine. And then they just move on. Like it's there's something about when a comic book movie, when we really focus, like when characters really want to get to know why a person's weird, where it kind of detaches out of the comic book reality where there are a lot of weird people. So they don't care. They've met very weird people all their life, so they wouldn't dwell on it. And I do really appreciate that that's what they did in this movie. They didn't dwell on people's stories. They didn't need much, like, kind of in the background. Um, apart from, I guess... No, I think everything was you know, everything was good. We did the right amount of focusing on everyone, so um, yeah. I, I do really appreciate that angle. Yeah, uh, they they certainly lent into the the craziness in the comics, and yeah, like mm. showing these characters like like Weasel and stuff, where <laughs> you know he he is an anthropomorphic weasel humanoid creature, and yeah. uh, it's great. Not going to say anything more about it than that, but like all the characters are good. Nathan Fillion as TDK, the detachable kid. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, everyone knows us. Listen to this show. Uh, big fans of Nathan Fillion here, yes, and would watch fans. him in anything. And for the time he had on on screen, was great. And he fully embraced this character. And it's so ridiculous, but it just fitted the tone so perfectly. As far as this, uh, you know, Task Force X and what they can do or can't do, and all their weird ass abilities or lack there of abilities yeah. and um yeah i i loved it i loved it i liked that they um they allowed uh joel kinnaman as rick flag to flesh that character out a little bit more and have a little bit more variety in in who he was yeah. as a person on screen he was very straight laced in the first suicide squad movie i hated him not hated him but i really didn't care for his character in the first one and then in this one i absolutely adored him again like i really genuinely cared about him as a character yeah, he was great, and he was a good, um, good foil to to Peacemaker, and obviously the the interactions with Bloodsport because you know they were ex you know ex special forces members together and stuff. So Friends I liked that there was such, a bit yeah. of camaraderie there. Yeah, uh, Daniela Melchior, I think you pronounce her surname, who played Ratcatcher too. She was a she was an underrated little MVP in this show. I thought she was she great, was. and she added a lot of heart to the show, uh, to the film, and the and the team as well. And um. Yeah, she she slotted in nicely. Same as Polka Dot Man, um, Viola Davis playing Amanda Waller, returning to play the same role. She just nails that role. You know, How? she's she's just a big, strong, hard bitch of a woman that's dedicated to save the world at no matter the cost. No and matter the she cost. She owns it. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that like this is like there's a lot of mentions in this movie where like a lot of really like fucked up stuff like mm. and it, and that's the way it should be like this is an r-rated movie the context of like especially the comics and everything like these are the worst people of the worst like one of the story like one of the um backstories of the weasel is that he ate kids yeah Tw- 27 i can't remember if it was 27 it was 20, or 37 yeah. something yeah, like that he killed 27 kids or something like that yeah. and like if in any other movie, that'd be like, hey, that's really fucked up. But it's kind of brushed away. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, he killed this many kids. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Like, yeah. These are bad people. <laughs> yeah, they're bad people trying to take down 
worst people to save the world and yeah it's a great concept you know the the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of situation exactly, and yeah. yeah amanda amanda waller has to do whatever it takes to to keep the world safe and i get it i get it and um yeah i loved it loved all the characters love the comedic moments in this game love or not the game in this movie loved the really violent set yeah. pieces that played out loved the the ultimate like the big bad in it like i think that anyone's seen the trailer you see that old uh starro is the one of the 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 baddies in this in this film and mm-hmm. i think anyone that pitched starro the conqueror as the the main foil to the to the in air quotes anti-heroes um, was crazy a giant alien starfish as the as the big baddie in this but it works and it works well and i and love it and it doesn't it's so odd you out it's not that weird it everything happens and it's not that weird it's it's great that's how comic book movies should be yeah oh, yeah so nice but loved it loved that yeah, the characters that are on the screen played by these actors, they embody these characters 110%. Like, there, there can never be probably another Harley Quinn. Like, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. I've, like, you know, fully committed to that. I know Kelly Kuoko does great in the voice stylings for the animated yes. show. But as far as the, the real-life embodiment on screen, Margot Robbie is, yeah, Dr. Harley Quinn, and she destroys it on the screen in, in this movie. But... um. Overall, like every every part of this movie just slots in perfectly, I think, to make make something great. There was one little tangent. I was kind of like, mm, could have taken a leave and left that. Um, but I think it was for a small amount of character development. But apart from that, yeah, everything went really, really well and just slotted in perfectly. It was great from start to finish. Yeah, and, and it's cool to know that Warner Brothers have the the ultimate trust in james gunn like when they gave Mm. him the keys to to this they said you can kill off whoever you like no one is untouchable so he could have you know i'm not going to say who lives and dies in this movie but knowing that he's got that kind of trust in from from dc and wb is great so hopefully this movie is going to make a lot of money and you know it's getting lot more better reviews than the the first iteration of the Suicide squad squad that we saw on the screen a few years ago but i'm hoping we see more uh james gunn helming the suicide squad moving forward like they've just said you know like how, how he's mr guardians maybe he can now be mr suicide squad on the other side and just keep churning these movies out well my takeaway from this is the more positive of um like warner saying like hang on Maybe we don't need to focus on the heroes. So now that we have this wonderful baseline of Suicide Squad, maybe we'll start seeing spawning off um, of the bad guys. Let, let's let's yeah. follow the story of the bad guys. So my fingers are crossed that. that we're going to start heading in that direction because that's all yeah, I've ever I would said. love <laughs> that because there's there's so many great characters, so many really weird, is. quirky, twisted characters that could just be perfect on screen whether it be film or their own little you know go the the disney plus route and have little little six episode arcs on these characters and stuff that you could watch and i'd be all for it and um i just love idris elba um he leans into everything he does he is he like we were talking about our crushes on 250 and i feel so dumb for not mentioning idris elba because i love that man so much man touches anything it turns to gold Yes, 
And he's just he just leans into everything with 110%. Yeah. Doesn't he have yeah, like he's, a foot fetish? I, he could. I wouldn't care. He could he could even <laughs> fetish my feet if he likes. I really don't mind. But um yeah, the short version I think is that uh Suicide Squad, I think we can say it's probably officially eight bit approved. We both oh, yeah. uh give it the uh the positive rub and highly recommend going and watching it if you can get out to the cinemas do so do it safely distance mask all that stuff because it is two hours of just balls to the wall fun and insanity and comedy and gore and heart and it is a popcorn movie but but it's so much more than that as well and i adored my time watching this and maybe i'll go watch it again this weekend maybe i feel like going back kind of want to see it now with that um 4d experience that we have over here where the chairs move and they spray water in your face and the chair punches you like yeah. I'm thinking we don't, this we don't really like, get that here it's sad it's <clears> a shame like it was stupid like when i went and saw uh, birds of prey with it but then i'm like this might be a good movie for yeah that. yeah i'm just still jealous that you can watch it in the lounge room sadly it don't have it was that great i got to eat pizza i got to pause to use the bathroom it was great yeah, very jealous, very jealous. And there was there was a a couple that sat just out of eye shot from me in the cinema that talked the whole fucking time. Oh my god! I wanted to punch ass. them in the face. Who does that? Like you I, literally I, I said just something got to out them, of. Oh, and they were quiet for a bit. Then they were talking again. Then someone else said something to them, and they were quiet for a bit. And then I sort of was just periodically turned around, giving them the stare, and they'd be quiet for a bit, but they just. Just these early adult, late teen fuck sticks oh. that were just carrying on. And it was so annoying. Like I could just hear them faintly just out of my out of my main sort of area. And it was just in the quieter scenes, it was <laughs> fucking killing me. That's how like elitist me and my husband are, is that we will purposely spend more money on a ticket if it means that we can exclude the, like, some of the riffraff just that's, to that's enjoy our That's a smart idea, you know. I never thought it's, of it that way, but now I need to. Yeah. But, like, Maybe I'll gold like, class myself. Yeah, people aren't going to like talk through a ticket that they spent 40 bucks on. Like, you know, go for it. It was so frustrating. But yeah, go watch this movie, 8-bit approved. So great. So excited for the future. Love what James Gunn does. He's uh, very talented in the film game. And um, yeah, I think they've found their their poster child for the DC movies and um, this universe moving forward. If, if, if James Gunn can happily straddle both sides of this fence and not upset the Marvel boys or the DC boys and, and just able to walk both paths at the same time, I think it's going to be best for everybody. I think so too. God, it's so good, Miss Hart. I loved it. And so I just happy. want to cuddle King Shark. So happy. <laughs> I'm so happy too. It's it's one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's been rough for DC. We've had a rough time. Yeah. Animated wise, not so much, but We still don't have the second season of Harley Quinn available no? to stream locally here. Really? Yeah, I need I need to like hate saying it, but I need to find a copy another way. That's that's what it's getting to because I've, I've it's like a year and a half I think since season two came out. Yeah, I feel like I watched it last year. I feel like. Yeah, yeah still nothing. But um, something else I watched. I won't dive anywhere deep as we did on Suicide Squad. But I watched our uh, Gunpowder Milkshake last night, which just came out here in Australia. Oh, how is that? It's weird. It looks. Weird I didn't me. mind it. Like picture, like it's going to be a lazy comp, but picture 
John Wick, but replace Keanu Reeves with Karen Gillan and Lena Headey and another assortment of very powerful women. So, yeah. so it's it's the feet like similar tone, like a lot of you know uh, Karen Gillan and Lena Headey. They're assassins. They kill people for money. You know, follow that same type of beat that John Wick does, but there's a storyline change where instead of, I guess, the car getting destroyed or the dog getting killed, a young girl's been kidnapped and they they save this girl and then hijinks ensue because this this group of, of people are now after them because they botched a job and a lot of creative ways of killing. There's some comedy in there. There's some drama. There's a lot of violence, a lot of cool uh, choreographed fight scenes, a lot of cool creative ways to kill people. It's good fun. Like it's, um, I think it was a, about 90 minutes i don't think it was two hours maybe it was somewhere between an hour and a half to two hours let's say uh and it's it's just a roller coaster like it's that same sort of constant moving forward cracking pace that you used to with with john yeah. wick or nobody if you watch nobody yet which Not was yet. so good um but it was fun and the, the cast was great the artistic styling on it was really cool it sort of lent into this synthy neon mixed with also like the the what would i say like the the diner culture from like picture like almost like happy day sort of vibes like okay yeah yeah like um diners and bowling alleys and some of that sort of out um like design choices for for costumes for characters so picture that then with smatterings of neon and stuff in there as well like it's really pretty soundtrack is really cool the cast is great we get a bit of Paul Giamatti doing Paul Giamatti stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was just a good good thrill ride. Kept on really well. Characters are great. I really like Karen Gillan. She's a great actress and she's really good in these sort of action-oriented roles. Like she's yeah. just an ass kicker and she kicks a lot of ass in this in a lot of creative ways. And it was just fun. It was just fun. I know it's been out for... A month or so in the US, but it only just dropped last night or the night before here in Australia. Yeah. Uh, you have to have to pay do the uh, the rent or own via Apple TV is how I did it. <clears throat> but uh, really good, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, another cool popcorn film. If you like that sort of uh, John Wick styling of a movie, you'll enjoy this. It looks like Kill Bill like kind of like a ode to kill bill and the action female star kind of thing that that's but, a good comp as well that's a good comp yeah. as well yeah yeah so i don't know it was it definitely wasn't on my radar when i saw the trailer i was kind of like it's not looking it's not you know hitting me right so mm. it's a very good looking movie some of the some of the locations and the scenes where this thing's shot it's really really cool and then you see some of these other contrasts like i'm i'm always horny for a bit of synth wave and a bit of neon and uh, so it yeah. just sort of hits those emotional uh, benchmarks for me. And yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was good fun. It was good fun. I'm starved with new movies on Apple TV. So I uh, saw that pop come out and I'm like, yep, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> and um, I also want to just briefly touch on this as well. I'm extremely late to this this party, but I've finally started watching Food Wars on um, first on Anime Lab, then I jumped across to Crunchyroll so I could watch mm. season three and beyond. And oh my God, is this an anime that was made for me? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was because, um, you know, crazy dramatic kitchen fight scenes, 
<laughs> Iron Chef homages and yeah. quirky characters and comedy and heart and the love for the food that these people have mirrors my love for when I eat something nice. Like I feel like I want to be in this world and like have some of these reactions eating some of these special special uh, concoctions and <laughs> dishes and I'm all for this show. There's yeah. two seasons on Netflix if if you're interested. It is the the subversion. So that's that's been I don't want to say a challenge, uh, but it's it's sub. So I've had to pay attention, pay more attention. Yeah, like, a- and I have to pay like complete attention of it because you've got to be reading the screen the entirety of the time to not miss anything. So my usual anime fair where I can be doing some work or trying to do something else at the same time can't happen. So I've been solely focused on what's happening on the screen, and I am all about it. I love it. I've binged nearly four seasons since sunday so i have just been slapping this show to high hell and i'm going to be sad for when i finish the fifth season because that's it there's no more after that fifth season so uh it's going to be bittersweet but food wars might be one of my new favorite animes i adore it so much oh i i watched one episode of it and didn't didn't catch me like the idea was good the food looks delicious but the whole like orgasmic eating experience is a bit much even for yeah. me see that's see i thought you'd lean into it because like there, there's no full nudity but like there's, there's a lot of implied or covered nudity like oh, the, yeah. the males and the females bite into some of these dishes and that good is like and the, the clothes blow like explode off them and it's it's piss funny some of the scenarios but oh my god i love this I show can so see, much I can, I can see and not blame why it got recommended to me but yeah yeah Oh, yeah, it certainly lines in, like, falls into the Senran Kagura bucket, that's for sure. Oh, my Bon Appetit, yeah. Identical. Yeah. I actually started watching a bit of Senran Kagura on um, Anime Lab a few weeks ago. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I go back. I'm like, this is okay. But it just it, didn't hit what I was looking for at the time. It's not a masterpiece, but I always enjoy when it's, like, you know, competing schools and people have their special abilities. I always like that kind of, like, little yeah. niche. Yeah. As far as what we've been playing, because we are we are well into the episode runtime at the moment, and um, we still haven't talked about what we've been playing. So luckily, luckily the news slate this week is sort of more so quick hitters. But I just wanted to quickly touch on two games that I've started this week. The first is the Ascent, yeah. which is the the new game that's just come out this past week, done by Neon Giant. I've been playing this on the Xbox Series X. It's available on Game Pass, which yeah. is phenomenal. And I am such a fan of this game. It's it's a action RPG set in a cyberpunk world uh, where where you are a, a lowly employee of a, of a company called the Ascent Group who pretty much they owned everything. They were the, yeah. you could say they were Amazon. You could say, you know, <laughs> evil cyberpunk Jeff Bezos owns the Ascent Group. This company has since collapsed and now there's, more anarchy and chaos and whatnot. So you're sort of almost like a, a contractor for some of these cyberpunk clans and you're, you're off, you know, fighting creatures and fighting baddies, running missions, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. Picture picture Diablo yes. with that twin stick combat style. So it's that isometric top-down view with twin stick combat. Obviously, weapon gunplay is the, the primary flavor of this game. Uh, but the one thing I really, really like about this game outside of this awesome cyberpunk neon dripped world is 
there's so many cutscenes in this game. Like when you're meeting characters, it's not just a little face pops up with a lot of text. You're actually getting rendered cutscenes of your character who changes depending on what armor and items you've got. So it, it changes in real time depending on, on how your character's kitted out. But you're meeting so many other crazy enhanced individuals and aliens and all this. And it's really, really fucking pretty. These cutscenes are awesome. I haven't been able to play any of the co-op yet. Hopefully I'll be able to, to line up some gameplay over the weekend with, with some peeps because you can play up with you and up to three friends. Mm -hmm. So you can have a squad of four rolling around a la Diablo. And yeah, it's so fun, Miss Hardy. Are you keen to, to play some Ascent? Uh, I actually played with my husband. He was, hey, really, well, there you go. He was really keen on this game. Um, for me personally, um, I... The environment is extremely detailed and absolutely stunning, actually, considering like um, like the, the amount of detail in everything that's going on around you. Um, it's it's incredible. But the problem is, is that there is like the way the camera is like, you know, faced up, not directly above, like kind of at an angle, um, your character amongst all this detail is just so small. And minimal and especially playing co-op when when you've now got two characters on there where you're trying to identify which one is you it it really gave me like a headache like your okay. character really does get lost amongst all that it, yeah like i i did actually get some kind of like like headache based on like you know my vision and granted my vision is getting bad as the age goes on um so i guess i can't really discredit the game that much but for me personally, yeah, there was just there was a lot going on on the screen, and it was really hard to focus, um, which is a shame because it, it was actually really really pretty. That 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 is a valid criticism. Like there is a lot going on on the screen at any one time, whether it be enemies coming at you, things moving in the background, in the foreground from the environment, random NPCs. Like they do fill this environment and this world with a lot of characters. And yeah, it can be a lot. So yeah, I, I guess that would be dialed up a bit more when you've got extra squad mates with you and yeah. it might get a bit too busy. But yeah. um, it's good fun. I, I've been enjoying it. The, the difficulty curve on it can be a bit tough. Like when I was playing solo, when you're picking up some side quests, rolling into some of these areas, you can get clocked very quickly if you're not careful. So, um, you know, some of these enemies do some some big damage to you but it's yeah. cool like it leans into the, the cyberpunk augmentations where you can have abilities and see so you find certain guns that are more powerful and you know handle enemies differently and the enemy archetypes are varied and Different even just the, the crouch the crouch button in this game where you, you do shoot from cover like you have to utilize that otherwise you can get chopped up very quickly yeah the angled um aim that they incorporated into the thing due to like platforming or like, you know, levels. Um, that, that frustrated me. That actually really frustrated me, unfortunately. Yeah, because then, then you've got to not only be mindful of pressing B to crouch, but then also then hold in L2 on the, on an Xbox controller to be able to shoot over and up to yeah. up the verticalities. And, and like, it's a good wrinkle, but yeah, it took a, took me a little while to re, re wrap my brain to, uh, think that i needed to then worry about that kind of stuff as well but yeah, it's good fun uh this is i think this might be my first neon giant experience and um i'm keen to push through more but i i put that down midweek because uh boyfriend dungeon 
also dropped on many, many a platform. I've started playing this on the Xbox Series X as well because uh, lo and behold, it is also on Game Pass. If you do yeah. not have an Xbox, I think it's around 30 bucks. Thereabouts Australian on Switch, on PlayStation, on Steam. So you can get your hands on Boyfriend Dungeon. It's a fantastic little ditty by Kit Fox Games. It was originally crowdfunded on Kickstarter in uh, 2018. So it's been in the works for three years. And yeah, it's it's fun. You are, you know, it's a dungeon crawler, but mixing in uh, the weapons you use, like they're all melee sword-based weapons or sharp-edged-based weapons. Mm -hmm. They're actually real characters. So these are males and females and, and non-binary characters that are weapons that you take into these dungeons, which they call dunge, D-U-N-J, uh, in the game. I don't know why they shorten it. I guess it's just some cool wordplay or something. But you go into these dungeons and they're procedurally generated and you kill a ton of enemies with your male, female, non-binary bladed weapon and then you go on dates with them. So it's like a dating sim oh. mixed with a dungeon crawler and it is so fucking great, Miss Hart. I love this game. I can't stop playing it. So I didn't really know much about it. Um, a lot of people just said hey you might like this game but didn't really sell me on it but now that you've told me you date your weapons yes yes um now i'm on board um <laughs> i always love a dating game with some weird like little twist into it like so uh the idea of dating your weapon now piques my interest yeah it's interested. so so there's there's seven different weapons in the game or you could say i guess seven different romance options mm -hmm. and they're all different personalities they a lot of them do fall into certain archetypes and tropes uh but they're great they do a mixture of uh voice acting and then you get a little bit of text on the screen as well just because there's so much interaction yeah. uh you, you interact with these characters not only when you take them on proper dates but you can also you you've got your mobile phone so there's a lot of text messaging interaction where you can oh. choose how to respond and the, the way this is written, like Kit Fox have nailed the tone and the writing and the textile because some of the messages you get, I'm like, I've received messages like this. I've responded to messages like this. Like some of the options, I'm like, this is my life. And even like you, you get a lot of back and forth with your with your mother in, in the thing as well. And this mum character texts exactly like my mum does to me. It is ridiculous. So I've been like cackling at times because i'm like it's mama laws texting me in the game right now about my dating life i actually did see something about the mum character and that the um, developers were actually quite aware that not everyone's relationship with their parents is um positive um so they actually give you the option to actually disable communication from your mother they say your mum is supportive in the game but they still said like you know if you don't want that kind of um you know character in your gameplay then it's you can turn it off yep and that happens right from when you boot the game up so yeah. you're very considerate on on um yeah kit fox's behalf where you've got that option 30 seconds into the game to turn that off if, if yeah your your home situation isn't something that you'd like bandied on the screen all the time so luckily like i love my mum and we got a good relationship so it's nice that i'm i'm pretty much just texting her in, in the game in as the i game. am in real life but <laughs> It's it's a really really fun game. It's sort of your the the story in essence. You, you play this character. You, you can 
make this character female, male, non-binary, you name them, you kit them out in clothing. And then you're going to stay with your cousin in, I guess you could say it's almost like a pseudo San Francisco. It seems to be like the hub where everybody goes in video games these days. And you're staying with your cousin. You've never been on a date in your life. So you go on this first date and then you're meeting other people along the way or meeting other other blades and swords along the way and date taking them on dates, seeing who you want to develop a relationship with. The more you work on the relationships with these weapons, that romance level levels up. And with that leveling up, new abilities for the weapons that they are open up. So... You know, there's there's um, a character that's that's more of a dagger, so it's more like fast little chunk damage. Then there's someone that's like a scythe. Then there's like like an energy weapon. And as you romance them more, abilities for that weapon archetype opens up as well. So they can start, oh, you know, chaining lightning clever. or doing critical damage or rolling, and it confuses the enemies and stuff. So each of those seven weapons give you seven different play styles and combat styles in these dungeons. So that's cool. Yeah. It, that's piqued my interest. I might have to look at it. It's on Game Pass. so it's, I, uh, I think you'd have those. some fun with it. Like the art style is super cute. The soundtrack in this game and the score is really, really cool. Like it's yeah. a nice little, uh, you know, mixture of um, indie and whether it be folky and rocky and synth. And it's, it sort of toes the line um, on a lot of musical genres. The voice acting's great. The character models are awesome when you're seeing them transition from from blade to person <laughs> like it's so cool and and every character in this game is far too attractive it's ridiculous like but I, i've settled <laughs> in i'm uh, i'm romancing valeria at the moment so i'm uh i've gone down a bit of a um a bit of a bisexual romance tree at the moment just mm. with how how this character is i'm like yeah she's 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 my vibe so uh my female my female character in this game is is currently courting another female but i've been on a few dates with a few other people some of them are fucking dicks but like oh some people might like that too the way they act so there's there's Fuck something for everybody it. in this game they're probably the better weapon trying to endure yeah. bad relationships to reach the ultimate weapon that you nailed it. One of the characters I really can't stand, but it's like the bit my favorite weapon to use in the game. So I keep begrudgingly taking him into the dungeons and um, you know fighting my way through <laughs> because I know you do the mad damage and you got some cool abilities. But it's it's just fun. It come out of nowhere for me. This game. I think I heard of it a few years ago when it was kicking around on Kickstarter. But I just sort of had this sneaky stealth release this week where it's like it's out now and. You know, maybe that's on me for not paying attention, but like, yeah, I'm gonna play this, and I've um, I think I'm close to the end with sort of what I've done and got all my all, all my um, weapons there, and you know, a lot of them are adequately leveled, and there's a crafting system in there, and it's it's just great, and um, I'm all for it, Miss Hart. Boyfriend Dungeon, also eight bit approved. Put that on the radar. Yeah, yeah, it's just been um, it's been like indie month for us. Yeah, it's a good month. Yeah. The Andy yeah. saving the saving 2020 and 2021. Oh yeah. All right. So enough about me. I've been talking for far too long, Miss Hart. What about you? What have you been playing this week? I won't dwell on it too much. I just wanted to mention that I finally played a Katamari game. Hey. Um Katamari Reroll is on Game Pass, I'm gonna say. My husband think, downloaded it. I think it is, yeah. And he loved the game. He had previous experience with it and he goes, I think you really should play this game. I think you'll love it. And so, okay, played it, and I'm obsessed with it. It is so ridiculous um, and wacky. 
Um, I love it. It's the the music's great. Um, all the like little the little story in the background. Your king, your dad. Um, he's he's wonderfully weird and odd, and everything about it's just absolutely wacky. And so, um, like um, as I mentioned on Twitter to all the people that had recommended it to me in the past, they absolutely nailed it. It's the right kind of game for me. It seems we're uh, we're having some good successes with uh, picking up yes. some games that aren't in our usual wheelhouses the last you know four to six weeks, and now we're yeah. getting rewarded for it. Yeah, who would have thought going out of our comfort zones? I've I've never played a Katamari game either, so um, I don't really have too much weight to add to that discussion. But I know it's been it's it's a very beloved franchise and I it's can been around see for why. a while. Yeah, should uh, it's on Game Pass, so maybe you should give it a roll. Hey, and if you've played it already, you can give it a re-roll. So uh, get amongst it. But um, yeah, it looks quirky. It looks like it's got some some charm and some some good personality as far yeah. as the the character models in the worlds. It looks 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 fun and vibrant. Yes, it's very cute. Rolling plenty up, of uh, games out there, listeners. Plenty of games to play. Uh, mm-hmm. Plenty of games included in Game Pass, as we've just alluded to. So uh, get amongst it. Go watch Suicide Squad, <laughs> then go home and play all these games. Mm-hmm. and then watch some episodes of Food Wars and then message me about the comedic situations that these people get into after eating a really nice curry because uh, <laughs> I get so hungry watching this show. Like I love food too much and that's why this show hits me right in the feels as well because I'm like, fuck, I want that food, but I want, that, I want that moment. I have those moments when I eat some foods and it's, oh, it's the best. Anyway, Food looks too good in cartoons sometimes. It's just a curse. Yeah, but I like one thing pivoting back to food wars for one hot second i like that they actually talk through the preparation and how these ingredients work and how they break down in cooking like there's actual real food science in there that they weave in where they're like oh they've done this and heated that and out of this enzyme because it breaks down this and it makes this real juicy and so i'm I'm like learning things at the same time i'm like oh yeah okay writing this down okay add that that oil does it so it's like i'm educating myself at the same time as being entertained it's great <laughs> learn, learn a thing or two of cooking exactly exactly and then listeners you guys can learn a thing or two by going over to ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit you can learn about our tiered subscription levels you can learn about our singular purchases so you can get yourselves an 8-bit founders coin you can get immortalized in the 8-bit 2021 family portrait all available there from the low, low price of $1 AUD per month. If you don't want to support us monetarily, that is more than fine. But uh, if you can support us, do so over at Apple Podcasts. Be sure to rate, view, subscribe us, as well as all the other podcasts you'll listen to on the reg because those ratings, those reviews, they cost no money. They take you very little time to do, but they mean the world to all us podcasters out there because those ratings and reviews help keep the motion lights on in our hearts. So please do that. Once you're done doing that, head on over to 8bit.net forward slash win to sign up or go into the running for our August giveaway. You can win yourself an Audio Technica G1WL wide wireless. Sorry, not wide. We've gone the step up. We've gone the wireless <laughs> gaming headset. We're talking gaming headset with detachable microphone so you can obviously use it while you're gaming you can use it while you may be doing your your zoom or your teams calls or you can take it on the streets if you're walking with your mask doing your exercise during these covid days this headset will go with you everywhere so 8bit.net forward slash win but miss hart what do you say we jump into some news let's do it this week's news headlines all right 
we got a lot of uh, got a lot of quick hitters, a lot of little mm. mini shots fired today uh, because we've gone uh, well over time on our, our usual uh, run sheet talking about what we've been doing, but we've just been doing so much. There's so yeah. many good things out there. It's 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 different for us. So next week we it's, won't play anything. Actually, that's a lie, but still. That's a lie. I'm going to be dating <laughs> even more blades next week. All right, so the first one, Miss Hart. This one, when I saw it doing the rounds last night, I immediately thought of yourself. So 11-Bit Studios has announced Frostpunk 2. The sequel to the Wintry City Builder game is officially happening. It's going to be set 30 years after an apocalyptic blizzard and it's planning to advance upon the foundations built by the first game. Players will now need to establish an oil extraction industry to fuel their ever-demanding city while simultaneously presiding over its citizens and making frequent choices between ruthless survival and human rights. I know you were a big, big advocate for Frostpunk. Now you've got a second one on the way. Yeah, actually, there was actually DLC that came out, and I still have yet to play that, so I should, probably should play that as well. But I'm um, super excited for a second Frostpunk. Uh, it's a great game. It's very dark for like, very a Very dark, and I don't know if you, you watched the announcement trailer. I did. Holy <laughs> moly, it made me depressed. It's, it's very much like that tone, like uh, like the, the frozen, tied-up person in the middle of the town square um with liar written across his chest in either oil or blood i couldn't um couldn't tell the difference but maybe uh, it's both it's bloody maybe it's oil a bit of bloody oil and um, semen ew was uh, this a metallica cover uh <laughs> 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 the game's pretty the, the first game was really really good um so really looking forward to a second one especially with this now incorporation of like a like oil industry yeah <clears throat> yeah well you've got some time obviously because they haven't announced any form of date they haven't announced a year or a quarter so you've got plenty of time to smash through that dlc DLC, yeah but yeah it looks cool i i'm still yet to play Frostpunk, but um i know it's on xbox game pass now so maybe i'll play the first one one day on pc i never get how people play city builders on console it can work it can work i i played um jurassic world evolution on console I played on Steam as well, but I pivoted to the Xbox. It works. It's pretty fine. But anyway, it would be certainly smoother and quicker on a mouse because you could flick around and and what have you. But uh, it can be done. The next one, Miss Hart. Streamer Dr. Disrespect is starting up a new game studio. According to a job listing Beam shared on his Twitter account, the former Call of Duty level designer is looking for a co-founder to help start up, uh, in quotes, New double A slash triple A gaming studio that has a unique twist. According to Beam, whatever game this studio ends up making will be developed in partnership with a select list of mega influencers who will work closely with the studio to launch their dream game. So what's the mm. over under that this game is going to be uh, public toilet simulator 2023, Miss Hart? Or um, Infidelity Maestro or... I don't know. I don't know, Miss Hart. What do you think about this? Do you think this is going to succeed? Do you think that pitch where it's uh, a double-A slash triple-A studio that's going to have a unique twist, that it's going to be developed with a list of mega influences? That part there sounds dumb to me. Just it, because you're an influence doesn't mean you know how to make a game. It, yeah, and um, I mean, I'm wondering who he has access to. Like, Dr. Disrespect is predominantly known for playing first-person shooters. So straight off the bat, you assume it's going to be like a first-person shooter. 
Also, the idea of being able to uh, lift a game, uh, a new game, based on the, uh, I, I guess, like the the power level of uh, you know top streamers or top content creators, uh, I, I I think that can be risky. Like there has to be some redeeming quality about your game. You can't just depend on streamers to lift your game up and it being a shitty game. It just doesn't work mm. like that. Um, a lot of people are pretty smart. Um, in being able to identify when you know something someone's pretending to like a game essentially it's it's pretty interesting that he himself as a streamer content creator um he's reached a point where he has kind of said you know what i can make i can make a game um i'm curious how he like the hurdles he's going to face especially that like he's pretty vocal about when a game is shit or a game is broken or you know this and that what is wrong with this game so i'm wondering how he's going to feel when the shoe's on the other foot um with something that he's making and then everyone kind of yelling at him telling him his game is broken or his game sucks or blah 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 blah. so um it's a very it's a very interesting um angle for him for a streamer to be making their own game um and then trying to like working on the backs off um content creators to give it a successful launch so mm, it's interesting it's very interesting and yeah there'll be a whole lot of discourse thrown his way when this game does come out good bad or otherwise but i'm wondering like tinfoil hat on obviously yeah cod shooter games that's that's his forte are we gonna see an fps or maybe a battle royale game where the only characters in the game are these influencers and streamers so like picture like lord of the lord of the flies or something where they're all getting dropped onto an island and it is like your doctor disrespects and your ninjas and your whoever's they're all individual characters and you assume the role of one of them and they they fight to see who survives and wins are they going to go down that route you reckon you think they're going to lean into the the battle royale genre that still just refuses to die Maybe. I, I could see that being a thing. Actually, on his initial post, I believe someone actually said to him if he wanted to take up the IP for H1Z1, he that person wanted to work with him. So I don't know if it was wow. the person who currently holds ownership of H1Z1, but um, I mean, H1Z1 was like the OG, right? Like, yeah. So I, I think he wants to do something new. I think he wants to make something himself. It, I like it. Like, Dr. Disrespect's aesthetic, while, like, I'm not really into watching him as a streamer, his overall aesthetic, putting that into a game could be pretty cool. Could be pretty interesting. Yeah, it'd, it'd certainly work. Like, he's got a he's got an eye for marketing and things like that, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. He, he knows what works and what looks good. And, um, yeah, we'll see, I guess, in the, in the coming months and years what this game ends up being, if anything. Mm-hmm. But, if uh, it happens. <laughs> Yeah, something that definitely did happen this week, though, Miss Hart. Um, Sony's acquisition of anime streaming service Crunchyroll is now officially complete with the final price set at $1.175 billion. This was up from their previous bid of $957 million. So uh, they've picked that up. It's got 5 million current paying subscribers. I'm one of those. And they're over at 120 million users. So that now means that Sony has Crunchyroll, it's got Anime Lab and it's got Funimation. So it's got the entire Ooh. it's got the entire anime streaming industry locked up now. And I'm assuming obviously 
um, Anime Lab has now fallen under Funimation. So I'm wondering if they're going to do the same and put Crunchyroll and it's just all going to sit under Funimation or if they're going to rebrand it as something else. But all your anime is now owned and controlled, in air quotes, by Sony because they've uh, they've got the three big fish. What a wonderful, like, like acquisition for Sony now to be the key holder on a lot of... Uh, anime content um i don't use any of those services here in the sense like the the way that i actually watch anime is through hulu actually i've actually watched most of my anime through hulu maybe some netflix netflix has got a good good portfolio yeah even amazon's got some yeah i haven't really needed to um sign up to like Crunchyroll or anything like that i know that when this news came out i saw a bit of like mixed reactions from a lot of like anime fans some people are actually really upset with sony owning it and then other people were like good awesome like i think maybe some people hope that they don't have to now have multiple subscriptions they they can just like have a one-off and then access everything that's what i hope for because at the moment i've got an anime lab slash funimation subscription and a Crunchyroll subscription so if i can um have one one throat to choke so to speak that would be great and if you know, similar to what Microsoft do where they bundle in certain services, maybe they might increase their PS Plus membership and it includes the as yet untitled anime package in there as well for an extra couple of bucks a month so they can get pulled through for gamers and anime fans. So it's a smart play. Like to the fact that they've monopolized the anime streaming world for for the Western market is pretty impressive and they've got so many ip accessible now with these acquisitions that they can they can really just control the narrative however they like but uh mm. yeah 1.175 billion us dollars that's a lot of crunchy a lot of cash okay um the next bit of news miss hart uh, rockstar is reportedly putting the finishing touches to remasters of its open world playstation 2 era classics grand theft auto 3 Grand Theft Auto Vice City and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas for release later this year. It's goddamn August and these are going to be coming out later this year, apparently. Yeah. Rumors of possible remasters for the games first bubbled up over the summer as fans began wondering why Take-Two's lawyers had suddenly started issuing a raft of takedown notices for classic GTA mods. Speculation grew further following Take-Two's recent confirmation that it also had three unannounced new iterations of previously released titles in the works. So, Miss Hart, we've got uh, some PS2 GTA royalty. Uh, Like Grand Theft Auto 3 really, really set this game in motion to become the juggernaut where they moved away from the the top-down view and, and went went sort of the behind the back stylings and obviously the the graphics were very very impressive for its day then vice city and san andreas followed on from that these games are gonna sell i've got no interest really in going back and playing these games to be honest i loved them at the time but i don't have an itch that needs scratching to go back and play old gta 3 4 and 5 but you know this is just gonna print money yeah, I guess I could see it being more of something that's maybe streamers will probably play. But I'm curious if they still have the licensing on the music that was attached to these games. Like, if they're that's remastering it, like, are we getting the same songs? Because if I don't hear, like, all the, like, classic radio stations, especially from Vice City, one of my favorites, then it's going to be pretty disappointing. 
uh, maybe they'll get some that won't get all cleared, kind of like what happened with Tony Tony Hawks. They had some game, um, some songs that didn't clear for copyright. But, yeah, that's and that'd be sad because yeah, the it's it's a very underrated part of what makes these games great is the 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 living audio based ecosystem. There's so yeah. many radio stations. There's then there's different DJs on those radio stations. Obviously, different themes. You get cust like you know listeners calling in. There's a whole thing that makes this game more living, and the the music to these games is so paramount to the experience. Exactly right, and then you were always you always had your station that you always went to, and then even like me, like discovering new songs while playing these games. You'd be like, I really like that song. I'm gonna now put that on my, you know, playlist because like the the various styles that they um kind of gave you access to was always eye-opening but so i'm just curious i'm curious if the music's going to be different i'm curious what remastered means like how polished these games are going to be because grand theft auto 3 vice city maybe even a little bit of san andreas like we still had some like choppy pixelated um character designs and environments so i don't necessarily um want to revisit that so yeah like like if these are going to be knockdown rebuilds where it's going to look like current gta then holy guacamole that would be cool it'd be very pretty like if it looks like gta 5 in a in a graphical sense i'm like okay maybe i could have an arm twist to go back and dip a toe on one of these but yeah it's it's certainly an announcement that's not targeted for me it feels like like i'm happy for them and i know this is just going to make a lot of money just like gta 5 continues to make a lot of money but yeah, maybe this would then open up more of the, the GTA RP stuff where it's going to potentially allow you to go back into these other worlds and start seeing little RP spin-offs that uh, people are getting a bit horny for. So I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, it's interesting because obviously there was announcements earlier this year where, where Take-Two Interactive, they, they plan to release 62 games by 2024. Mm. And I guess uh, a way to make that happen is by doing things like this and, and remastering games uh, that, that already exist in the world. And, and there, there's talk of three other as yet unannounced uh, remasters that are that are doing the rounds in the Take-Two uh, ecosystem that are getting worked on. And like we were sort of talking offline a little bit about this as far as what games or what franchises you think we might be working on. So, Miss Hart, what's, what's one that you think they could be... Uh, hard at work on behind the scenes that we just haven't heard about yet i the one i kind of hoped for was uh, max Payne. yeah yes i'd be down for some I max could see Payne. that working yeah i could see that being like a niche for some to scratch yeah and, and max Payne, like um it's it's like the 20th anniversary of max Payne at the moment so it makes sense for them yeah. to maybe go you know, happy birthday, Mr. Payne. Here's here's where it all began. Let's let's do it all again. Maybe maybe there'll be a Mark Wahlberg crossover, and he lends his likeness to the game, and the world will be mad at that. That's that for sure if that happened. Rough. But uh, yes, yeah, so Max Payne could work. Uh, you know, there's been long rumors about Bully coming mm. back to the back to the consoles and the platforms as well. Uh, they've talked about a Red Dead Redemption Two enhanced version. Uh, maybe going back and just doing a remaster of the original Red Dead could be an mm-hmm. option. So there's a whole host of ways that they could play this and they would all make money, especially like 
anything Red Dead would sell. I think Max Payne would move units. Bully, I think, you know, there'd be some interest, but not to the same level as a Max Payne or a um, GTA or a, or a Red Dead, but I think it could still generate some excitement. I'd be down for some uh, Rockstar Presents Table Tennis. Bring that back as a remaster. I actually really enjoyed that. I played that game and finished that game. I was uh, very horny for table tennis when that game came out and I could not wait to play it when I got home from school. Make that a t-shirt. Horny for table tennis. That's it. That's it. it it's a skill watching those people play table tennis. Like, oh, I can't. The, the control play. is insane. Yeah, it, I'm terrible in real life. It looks like it's easy and it's not. It really isn't. It really is not. But um, the the last little 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 nugget we've got here uh, for for the news this week, I I just I don't know what's going on. Blue Box Game Studios, obviously the the in air quotes real studio that is behind Abandoned, which everyone says is just a you know successor or an offshoot of Silent Hill, and there's all these all these um hypothesize uh, hypothesizes no. All these, how am I going to word this? There's, there's a lot of people that don't believe this is real, that they don't believe that this studio exists and that this is sort of a, a bit of cloak and dagger stuff and Hideo Kojima's potentially behind this or Konami's behind this or whatever. But anyway, the what, what I'm alluding to here is this week there was going to be a, a technical demo that was going to be available on the PlayStation 5 store to play and um, this playable teaser uh, was was up and it wouldn't work. And then there was an app that accompanied it that didn't work. And what's happened as far as updates is two days after this playable teaser um, failed to show up on the PlayStation 5 store, developer Blue Game Studios has issued a short explanation. And this was done through a series of tweets. Blue Box says it encountered multiple engine issues following a graphical glitch that was spotted in the demo last minute. The devs say that testing is almost complete and that we are 100% real and are working on a passionate game we believe in. Just like that that line there, this we are 100% real, I feel that there's some rickroll going on here uh, in the background and this is going to be the ultimate meme or the ultimate gotcha moment. And I don't know, Miss Hart, I know that we've seen like footage and interviews and photos of the people behind Blue Box, but it just, it just feels strange to me, Miss Hart. Are you with me? Are you tinfoil hatting with me and thinking that this is all a ruse? Uh, I haven't been really invested in it as a lot of other people have been. Um, I think it's great if it is a ruse and like it is just some like secret Kojima project and, you know, they... They take the mask off and it really was Kojima in the end. But um, I'm indifferent. Like the little five-second snippet that they showed of someone walking along floorboards, um, it looks like a, it looks pretty polished. And I'm just all for scary games. I hope if for whatever reason it they are really a studio, they're just a bunch of people making a game, I, I hope that they don't get a lot of backlash and a lot of like sour people finding out that it wasn't the next Kojima thing. Yeah. I, I like it's this, this poor like title has had like just a lot of a, a big dark cloud on top of it. And if it's a Kojima thing, then I guess people will be happy 
and be happy to be like, told you so, even though like 20 million people have been telling us so. But then if it's not, I just hope the studio is still able to show their game and the game be good enough that people genuinely enjoy it and not hassle them so much about not being in Kojima. That's that's what I worry about. Like I get like completely unrelated games and genres, but I get a f- bit of a No Man's Sky Hello Games vibe going on here where there's so much coverage and exposure to No Man's Sky when it was coming out. And Hello Games were like they're a small upcoming indie studio and this game was just getting blasted to everybody on every platform. There was a lot of anticipation and excitement and then weight on this game as far as pressure goes. And I worry that that's what's going to happen with this abandoned game because not only yet, the the little slices they give us, it looks good and it looks like it could be scary as hell and it looks like it could be, in air quotes, the successor to Silent Hill. Mm. But the fact that it's getting all this press about not only is this studio some shell company for Konami or Kojima... Uh, but then things like this, there's just a lot of press and a lot of unnecessary attention and eyeballs on this game and this studio that I worry that it's just going to be too much pressure and it's going to collapse and it's going to get released and it's going to be poorly received like with No Man's Sky first dropped. So I hope that's not the case and I hope it comes out and the game's great and Blue Box are who they say they are and they have some success and all this is just swept under the rug and forgotten about, but it's just worrisome. Like when you're leading up to a demo, you'd think you'd have this playable teaser perfected and polished and ready to roll. Like you, you would have committed to this date with Sony many months ago that this is coming out. You think your whole life leading up to that moment would be playing that and then not realizing that there was some uh, graphical glitches that you spotted in air quotes in the last minute. That seems a bit strange to me. Yeah, it doesn't help that Kojima recently posted a picture where he got like a little doll of himself and the doll has like the mouth like zipped up. Mm-hmm. See, like help. it's just, there, there's this like conspiracy theorist me thinks there, there could be more to it, but I just hope that this is all true. The game comes out. It's great. Blue box get uh you know the praise deserved and all this is forgotten and everyone can be happy and move on together but knowing the games industry that's not going to be the case there's going to be discourse and ruckus and people being dicks and whatever but we hope miss hart we hope we hope um did we want to touch on as well this week the um indie world nintendo switch uh like the nintendo indie world showcase that, that dropped a couple of days ago i full disclosure have not watched it so I don't really have any skin in this game. But Miss Hart, if you mm. wanted to to highlight any of the uh, indie world announcements that, that Nintendo dropped the last couple of days, have yeah. at well, the, it was a really short showcase. I think like less than like roughly around twenty minutes. Um, but they had a few like quick bangers in there. Uh, a game called Bomb Rush. Uh, Bomb Rush. Bomb Rush. <laughs> bull rush bull rush uh no sorry it's called bomb rush cyberpunk um it's a graffiti skating adventure um a lot of people are referring to it being very similar to jet set radio which i thought some like 
me and you are not very familiar with that title. No, so, but um, people love Jet Set Radio. People love it. They like like froth over it. So um, that looks like it could actually find an audience um, on release. I think it's coming out 2022. Um, some other titles, Shovel Knight is getting a new game, which kind of looks like a uh, like a Tetris, like a little puzzle kind of game, uh, where it, comp- it incorporates a lot of the characters in the um, Shovel Knight game. And they have their own little special abilities. So you get to do like single player versus of friends. Um, speaking of Tetris, Tetris Effect is going to have Tetris Connected, which is going to incorporate multiplayer. Um, I loved Tetris Effect. I'm not too sure if I would play it multiplayer. I've never really enjoyed Tetris multiplayer because it like Tetris Effect is actually really relaxing. I actually mm. really enjoy it. Um, but now, um, yeah, they're going to bring through uh, multiplayer on that. So uh axiom verge 2 um that one it looked it looks really nice for like the pixelated quality of the like graphics uh i saw a lot of people excited for it uh i think that one has been out for a while or like the the yeah so but like either way like um it's it's going to be um, available on the Nintendo Switch uh, August 11th. Yeah, so. so it like it was cool to see that there was I think seven games or so that were announced or highlighted that they're like they're available right now and Axiom Verge two was one of those. Yeah, uh, I I didn't play the first one like um, Metroidvania style. I think it came out in 2015, so it's been six or so years between drinks, but. There was a lot of people like, oh yeah, Axiom Verge. I'm I'm downloading it right now on on PlayStation or the Nintendo or the Epic Game Store, and they're gonna crack in on that one. So um, that was an exciting announcement. What did you think of this um, Eastwood? Did that did that um, get you interested? The publisher behind you know Stardew Valley. Yeah, no, no, unfortunately, because this one, um, although it is the it's the publisher for Stardew Valley, it, it's more of a, like an adventure game. Like a, it has that more element to it. So um. Like it has the style of Stardew, but um, yeah, it didn't really grab me so much because um, yeah, it's kind of how I have been about linear adventures and sometimes. So mm-hmm. this one maybe not so much. It looks nice, like it looks very cute, but just not for me. Yeah, and other ones, obviously Necro Barista Final Final Pour was yeah. uh, available. Obviously, Boyfriend Dungeon made its way there. Garden Story Islanders. Slime Rancher and Curious Expedition 2, all available to uh, buy and play on your Nintendo Switch right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but these little look- these these little mini showcases, I love them. Even I though I missed this good. one, I think that's just a great way to keep people informed and entertained and updated on what's coming out or what does drop. You know, then and there, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I like these little snippets. It's always a good way to kind of show what what's come, what's out now, and what. It's not necessarily new, but new to the device. So it's pretty good. Very, very good. And something that also is very, very good. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes by way of uh, our mutual man crush, at Idris Elba, on the Twitters. And the tweet simply read, knock, knock. And it was a graphic of Knuckles' hand. We're talking Knuckles from the Sonic universe. So Idris Elba is going to be lending his voice talents to everyone's favorite uh, video game Echidna, Knuckles, for Sonic Movie 2. So uh, I'm excited for this, Miss Hardy. You in? Yeah, like we've established that he he 
is like the Midas touch. Um, so it will work. We did mention how um, we were impressed that they didn't um, use an Australian voice, but I am happy that they didn't use an Australian voice because I could just imagine like how Australian they would want it to be. Um, yeah. So, um, no, I think this is this is a great pick. I wouldn't have guessed it, but it's still a great pick. He is just everywhere these days, Idris Elba. So he should be. He is He is one of the busiest people in Hollywood, and I love it, and oh. he's in everything. And if he doesn't end up getting cast as James Bond for the next iterations, I don't know what to tell you. It's, I think it's a big missed opportunity. really is. But... Yeah, he's going to be lending his vocal talents to uh, to, to Knuckles in the upcoming um, second entry into the Sonic the Hedgehog movies, and I'm all for it. Uh, he's going to be leaning into that English accent very heavily, I think. And um, you reckon? You reckon he's going to be? I think so. I, I was think curious so. if it's going to be British or if it's going to be American, but I guess yeah, they'll do British to give him that kind of, um, I guess like out of country charm. Yeah, being an echidna. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm excited for this. Uh, Idris Elba does everything. Uh, you know, we talk about Donald Glover being a a, a triple or quadruple threat. Like uh, Idris Elba <clears throat> is right up there too. You know, the, the man even DJs. I love that he's a DJ. <laughs> like it's so ridiculous, but it is also so so great. But uh, yeah, we'll no doubt get a trailer. In the coming months or whether it be next year or the back end of this year, we'll, we'll see what Sonic 2 is going to be all about. And we'll be hearing uh, yeah, Idris Elba as Knuckles in there with uh, with Sonic and yeah, Dr. Robotnik and co. And, and see another character you like in there that um, I don't know if it actually has been officially confirmed outside of the end credit stinger. Yeah. No, I already got told about it, even though I haven't seen a Sonic movie. You still haven't seen it? No. It just hasn't come up as something to watch, you know? I don't know. Can't explain it. I've been busy with SVU. <laughs> Always. <laughs> that and MasterChef. All right. If you want to, I'm going to break down your, your, the current rotation as far as viewing and playing. This is the best place to do it. New releases and events. Obviously, we're talking about things that are coming out between Monday, the 16th of August through to Sunday, the 22nd of August. And obviously, THD 253 out right now in your ear holes as far as other podcast stuff we've got comedy rewind the dodgeball episode that is dropping on thursday the 19th of august also on thursday the 19th 12 minutes finally, finally dropping on xbox and pc so many years so many years i think yeah. like i think i saw somewhere it was like five years since its initial announcement or like um it had been mentioned on kind of funny on their little indie thing so it's been some time and I'm super excited. I'm nervous because like, this is like one that's really been on my radar for such a long time. I just hope it's good. Um, and yeah, everyone should support it and give it a look. Hell yeah. So many, so many great little ditties coming out. As far as the larger, larger games that are that are making their way to your hands this week, we get the, uh, the Marvel's The Avengers War for Wakanda expansion dropping on the 17th. That is on all platforms. Uh, we also get Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut making its way to the PlayStation 4 and then there's a PlayStation 5 version as well. You can pay the difference. If you already own Ghost of Tsushima um, on PlayStation 4, you can pay. There's uh, like a, a, a fee to get to the director's cut for the PS4 version or you can pay 
excuse me, a little higher again to get the PS5 version of the game too. Um, such a stunning game. One of the best games of 2020. So uh, if you haven't played it now, is the perfect time to give that a go. Uh, if you're looking for something different, also on uh, Friday the 20th, Madden NFL 22 drops. So the uh, the annual gridiron sporting game extravaganza that uh, that EA pump out every year. Uh, yeah, NFL 22. Madden NFL 22 dropping on Friday the 20th. Outside of that, a couple other games that are coming out this week. Road 96, Greek Memories of Azua, Humankind, Recompile, Rims Racing, The Veil, Shadow of the Crown, and Arietta of Spirits dropping as well. And one that I just wanted to highlight just to keep on your radar, the week after, Aliens Fireteam Elite is coming out on August the 24th. That snuck up, didn't it? That did sneak up. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do a bit of coverage on that one in the coming weeks as well Mm. and see if we avoid it being game over, man, game over, because we are killing all the Xenos, not being killed by the Xenos. So, uh, yeah, plenty of of games to, uh, you know, kill time this week in between watching episodes of Food Wars and watching Suicide Squad. Yeah. Oh, I've been watching UFC. Totally forgot to mention that. What's up? Oh, <laughs> I, I just, I'm like, oh, wait, one thing I was going to say is I've been watching UFC. Someone sassed us in our uh, 8-bit Discord about the sports section. I'm like, I was, uh, meant yep. to, I was meant to kind of say, like, actually, I have been watching sports. There's um, Ultimate Fighter. I don't know if people are into that. but I do like the Ultimate Fighter. I haven't watched it in a good long while, but um, the early seasons of that way back when were really, really great they to see. They were really good. And, um, yeah, UFC is awesome. Combat sports is awesome to watch. It's it's not for everybody because uh, no. there is a lot of violence on display, a lot of blood, a lot, a lot of, of cuts, blood. a lot of leg breaks. Ooh, those Ankle leg breaks. breaks are the ones that get me the worst. Yeah. Was it Silva who um, he's like whole foot like broke, like his ankle broke and then he, you watched his foot just like wrap? Sorry, I better yeah, not go into detail. Yeah, just became a big string of spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. Anderson Silva copped it. Obviously, Conor McGregor copped that about a month or so ago now in his fight. That was recent, wasn't it? They're, they're the ones like I can watch people's ears and heads get cut and blood and big gaping wounds. But when you see that leg bend and then the person that's leg has bent and they don't know it yet and then they go to step, step on, on it, it and, and put go, pressure and then it just, blah, that's the <laughs> that's the ones that get me. But uh, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be more active in the sports piece then. Uh, <laughs> you you want to talk? NFL, you want to talk NBA, you want to talk NRL, NHL. That's that's my wheelhouse. And um, yeah, I got a lot of opinions on these things, especially the most recent NBA draft. But you can hear more about that on Hoop Dreams, the NBA podcast that we do every couple of weeks or so. We're on a little bit of a mid-season break now because it is the uh, the off-season, but it'll, uh, it'll be back soon. Mm-hmm. But Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG253. Anything else you want to say before we close the studio down for another week? Uh, no, I don't think I've got everything covered. I need to watch a bunch of movies, apparently. You really do. <clears throat> and play a bunch of games. You need to go uh, get in the dunge with your boyfriend yes. or girlfriend or non-binary sword friends. I'll so have get to in uh, post on the socials if I play it who, who my partner of choice is. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got an idea on which way you might go, but I'm not going to say anything until you until you settle into the game and give some feedback. But I I have a feeling which way you might lean. Okay, we'll see. See if you know me. Yeah. Anyone else that is playing it too, um, hit us up on them socials at We Are Eight Bit at Brendan Eight Bit or at Miss Ellie Hart. 
and let us know who you are courting in the dunge. Who is your uh, love interest blade of choice? Tell us, tell us who you're a fan of or you're not a fan of, uh, because I'd love to uh, know who you got hard eyes for in this adorable little ditty that is uh, available now. So uh, get your hands on that if you can. Uh, but yeah, Miss Hart, that uh, brings us to the end of uh, THG253. I guess we can get on out of here, but until next time, 8-Bit Nation, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Can I just say how gross Courtney in the Dunge sounds? The Dunge? <laughs> I don't get the it. Dunge. I love it. I love I love a bit of Dunge action. I wish they played grunge in the dunge. There's no grunge music playing in the dunge. Shame. A lot of indie jobs though. <laughs>